Welcome to this episode of Ms. Law Explains Things. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Ms. Law Explains Things. So, in this particular episode, the topics that we're going to take a look at are macroeconomic goals and policies. The evaluative question for today is. Discuss the likely impact of an aging population on labour markets and the global economy, and the relevant concepts are the applications of demand and supply analysis to real-world markets as well as the aggregate demand and aggregate supply model. So this particular episode is focused on the theme of aging population, and I think as you know, it's quite a popular theme number one, and it has very wide-ranging implications not only within the labour market, but also the global economy in terms of competitiveness, ETC. So the article that we're going to look at today is actually from Financial Times, right? And it's actually talking about the impact of demographics on markets and the effects of aging, right? So there's going to be definitely more people who are retiring. There's going to be a graying of the overall population. And because of the shifting demographics, it's going to have an increase in proportion of aged people within Western societies. Because of that, I think what's quite interesting from the article is that there's a lot of implications on the labour market in terms of the effect on wages, right? And by wages, we can also link to short-run aggregate supply in terms of the cost of production. We can also link to the long-run aggregate supply if you look at the idea of productivity and competitiveness, right? And we can also look at aggregate demand in terms of whether or not consumption and investment are going to increase very significantly in the near future. Knowing that with an aging population, probably more of these um, older people are more likely to save, right, rather than consume. It is not to say that consumption itself is declining, but it's that it's increasing more slowly, resulting in a global economic slowdown. So in this particular article, it also mentions that because of the demographic shift, the lot of central banks in Western societies have been powerless to raise long-term interest rates, right? And you can only raise long-term interest rates when your economy is doing well. So you use contractionary monetary policy to stem demand for inflation or when growth is too high or when you're operating close to the full employment level, that means you don't have much excess spare capacity. In this case, you can't raise long-term interest rates because growth is already quite low. That means you're probably quite far away from the vertical section of the LIAS. And the result, right, they actually have very limited scope of using this type of policy. So, this particular changing age structure, in particular, we're looking at the US in this article, right, suggests that there's a lot of low investment, and because of that, even low interest rates are not enough to stimulate investment, and there's low output growth, and the US economy is entering a new normal. Right? So, the article mentions that an increase in the average age of the population is likely pushing up household savings in the US economy. And there's also widespread agreement that because of the aging of these populations, right, has contributed to historically low interest rates. Right. So because the societies, I think, change right, in terms of the number of uh, uh, older people, we already know that growth is going to slow down from the AD and LRAS perspective. Uh, production costs are going to increase if wages increase in the labour market. And it's also going to be deepening uh, income inequality. Right, so the question now is also whether the world can escape from this uh, possible fate of low yields and low growth. Right? So besides the fact that the aging population has like direct impacts right, on AD and AS, so AD is increasing more slowly, AS is also increasing more slowly, there's unemployment, there's even structural unemployment because of the 
aging population, maybe they are less willing to acquire new skills. So any any supply side policy that has to do with labor retraining is probably going to be very effective due to the low level of receptiveness. There's also the necessity in the longer run for us to think about how the government has to start spending more. Right. So it's also an economic issue of having to spend more in the future. That means having to increase government spending. Another problem is that there's going to be less tax collected if there's going to be less working age population uh, available in the economy. Right? So for example, if some of the older people are retiring right, and younger people do not replace them in the workforce, the tax base is going to start to fall. Right? So the tax base is going to fall in the terms of income tax definitely collected and corporate tax also if investment remains low. Right? So if firms are not investing, they are not earning profits, they are not making money and you're going to realise that you're going to probably go and run into a budget deficit in the near future if something is not done uh, to reverse uh, this issue. So to mitigate some of these effects, some of the possible policies of course that have been suggested before are increasing the retirement age, providing more incentive for people to work longer, uh, allowing them arrangements to work part-time, as well as encouraging immigration to mitigate the effect. The impact on economic growth, I think, of aging population is really quite severe. Right, because people are living longer um, and the things that they are consuming are definitely not you know, the t- typical things that younger people will consume but more of things like healthcare, for example, elder care, retirement homes, etc. Right? Um, and interestingly, the effect of the demographical change on the labour market is also quite pronounced. So when there is a bigger proportion of workers in the population, usually there's more competition for work and this will like, push down labour's negotiating power and reduce wages and inflation. Inflation is also quite important because that kind of drives uh, investment, I guess, to some extent. Um, because if you have higher rates of inflation, people are actually more cautious about investing. So, a large population in work tends to push interest rate down. But when you have a growing retired population and there's less competition for work, actually wages start to increase. right? And inflation starts to increase and starts to creep up. Okay, So, because of the demographic factors, uh, the real interest rate and the real domestic product growth has declined uh, over time and it also implies that demographics rather than fiscal or monetary policy, technology or other changes in productivity are actually virtually responsible for all of the decline in economic growth over the past 35 years. Right. So during this time period there was a lot of saving uh, being taken because uh, they are more likely to save. Right. And the phenomenon of this aging population has also helped to explain uh, rising income inequality in a sense because uh, wages are going down. Uh, because of that also, I guess, they're getting unemployed so they're not able to purchase as much goods and services. Okay, So a lot of countries that have been experiencing this includes US, Western Europe and Japan where the number of people in work compared with young, old and young dependents has peaked and started to fall. So with the growing weight of the elderly, there's not only an uh, impact on the government budget, it's also actually going to have a very significant impact on economic growth. right? So interestingly, the kind of response that people can take are our normal types of policies, which are fiscal and monetary policy. right? But the scope to use conventional monetary policy during such a cyclical downturn is more limited because of things like the zero lower bound and the unwillingness of consumers and firms to borrow to consume and invest as well as for banks to lend. Right? So because of that, 
right? Conventional theories, even though they may suggest that using monetary or fiscal policy can increase aggregate demand, is likely not going to have a very significant impact and it's going to last for quite a long time. The demographic forces that work in the US are also, of course, at present in many other countries in Europe and Asia. And for some of these countries, they have identified a key problem as inequality and the fact that because of this um, this so-called demographic trend, uh, there could be possibly deflationary or inflationary pressures depending on how you look at it. So the deflationary pressure comes from the fact that the AD is may fall in the future, maybe it's increasing more slowly, lah. so that's probably not such a bad thing. But if it decreases, there might be deflation. Uh, and if SRAS increases, there's cost push inflation. So there's a few different things that are happening at the same time. But as long as we are clear in our explanation, there's no big issue, right? Uh, but there's also some counter-arguments. I mean, it's like not everything is negative. There are some positive impacts because people say that because people are living longer, right? So increased consumption towards the end of their life. For example, they want to maybe invest more in housing. Uh, aging would mean increasing investment in housing and that may be a good thing for the property market to some extent as people start to acquire more property in view of the fact that they're going to live longer, right? So whether or not society is prepared uh, to deal with an aging population, of course, is another issue because of uh, the way government spending and the redistributive mechanism is actually set up, right? So I think in terms of preparing... Uh, certain economies, it's important to ensure that spending for healthcare continues to increase, but also that there is enough effort being put into boosting population growth rates to ensure that there's some labor force replacement. Right. So I think this particular question is quite broad in terms of its scope, right? But I think it's important also uh, for us to take note of the wide ranging micro and macro impacts and try to link what is happening in the labour market to the global economy and that is mainly through the short-run aggregate supply. Okay, so just a final reminder before we end, the link between the labour market and SRAS is the wages, right? So something must have happened to the demand or supply of labour, changing wages and therefore changing the cost of production of goods and services because in order to produce goods and services on the production side, we need a whole host of inputs each of which we need to know what the factor prices are. So if you go via that mechanism, you will not have any big issues, right? So I think it's important for us to also draw a clearer link sometimes in our discussion between the labour market and the global economy. So the ageing population is a very big issue and I hope that you uh, continue to take some notes about this particular episode also as well as from this particular article. So thank you and I'll see you in the next episode where we'll be looking at some micro topics, demand supply and firms and decisions. Thank you.